0: be honor your name. Oh, glory to Jesus. Ah, Father, we thank you. Majesty, praise dominion, be ascribed unto you, Lamb of God. Oh, we praise your name. Father, I worship you. I rejoice in you this morning stall you and magnify you, you deserve all the praise, you deserve all the glory, you deserve all the honor, you deserve all the adoration. Thank you, Father, for a calibrated sight once again. Thank you, Father, for the seen eyes, the mind to comprehend and understand. Once again, we welcome you. Oh, hallelujah. Friends, I want to welcome you once again this morning to another live session. This is the Potter's Gate online broadcast. As you know, my name is Isaiah Phillips at King Tola. Wherever you are this morning, if you're able to join us, I want to welcome you for another uh, uh, session. I mean, this is the 11th uh, uh, session on this teaching that we've been doing on, you know, Occupying till Christ returns. We've been talking about you know the dynamics of the kingdom, all right, and all of this is linked or connected to a theme God has given to us that we're taking into 2024 and beyond title, occupying or occupy till Christ returns. That is a huge responsibility that has been commissioned that has been given unto us. I mean we want to understand what it means to occupy and so I want to welcome you this morning wherever you are if you are joining us from outside South Africa well you're welcome if you're in South Africa I want to welcome you I want to say good morning to you well if you're outside South Africa you know how it goes it could be good evening it could be good morning it could be good uh, at night it could be good afternoon but anyhow welcome to the potter's gate this is a hub where we teach kingdom dynamics this is a hub where we seek to build god's divine blueprint in the earth our heart desire is to see that the commission the commitment of the, the the counsels of god amen in our lives becomes fulfilled all right we don't want to be drawback be distracted or be derailed by any other thing we're looking unto jesus you still remember the scripture we read yesterday yes that hebrews 12 is a scripture that is steering in my spirit and i believe god is doing the same with you if you're tracking if you're following what we've been talking about anyhow once again i welcome you i believe the lord this morning to lead us further into his word yesterday we were looking at you know some of the dynamics that makes you know caleb a different species a man that we need to look into a person that, alright, we need to study, alright, we, we saw in Caleb, certain spiritual capacity, you know, understanding that kind of singled him out the Bible says, Caleb all right, has a different spirit he follows the Lord wholeheartedly, yeah he follows the Lord wholeheartedly the Bible says, but my servant Caleb has a different spirit, I'm reading Numbers, you know numbers at uh, uh, 14 to uh, you know 24 the bible says but my servant caleb has a different spirit and we track amen what it, what it means to have a different spirit like we have said if we're going to do anything for the lord in this season if we're going to do anything constructive if we're going to carry out the purposes of god the intentions of god we need to have a different spirit and we began to look into what that means. Remember the context of the different spirit is among the bunch, among his own. There were 12 guys sent to go spy the land of Cana and bring reports. All right, They came back and were given all kinds of excuses. Of course, there were giants in the land. But that's not what they sent them to go and see. All right, They just said go spy the land, but they came back, Bible said, with evil reports. And we've seen all kinds of things within the environment of you know what we represent as the church, as the body of Christ, and there are all kinds of evil report because of the level of faith, the level of you know our understanding that people have. They're not able to see into. Of course, you can. You look when you look at things or you look at people. You want to look at them based on your own standing, but that's not what they send them. So if we're gonna be a people in this end of days that will carry out, that will function within the scope of God's prophetic and God's apostolic mandate. We have to see things through the eyes of God. They say we are like grass suppers before them. We don't have what it takes. The land swallows its inhabitants. There are giants in the land. Of course, there will always be an excuse not to do what God has commissioned us to do if we keep our eyes on what we see if you if you continue to focus on your environment if you continue to focus on your past if you continue to focus on what the narrative is you will never have or develop the kind of faith to fulfill God's intention but in Caleb Bible says Caleb said no we are able to to take the land in fact we've got to go now and possess the land I mean Caleb and the rest saw the same thing but there were two different conclusions And so we're saying that if we are truly going to occupy the land, if we're really going to fulfill, amen, the mandate of the kingdom in our day. Listen, friends, things are not going to change. If we're waiting for the right time, you know, before we engage, before we, you know, move into what God will have us do, the right time never comes. The right time is always the time that God says now alright but if you're waiting like you know back in the days they were waiting for the angels to come and what to steer the water then whoever gets into the water first gets healing I mean that is torture that is torture so we have to come into an understanding amen that as long as we are able to hear and we're able to see we make the move so these are values that we are learning from Caleb Amen. I I mean, I'm just fascinated by you know that qualification. Caleb, he said, but my servant, Caleb, they called him my servant Caleb as a different spirit. And I took the time to explain, all right, what it means. We explain the two kinds of spirit. Well, we have one spirit, but you know, two functions of of, of, you know of, of, of spirit. We spoke about all right, the pneuma. All right, we spoke about man. Okay, man is made of the breath of God. The breath of God has made me. All right. That's what Job said. The pneuma was what God breathed into man in the beginning after God fashioned man. All right. He breathed into him the breath of life. That that pneuma is a reflection of the life of God. All right. That life, you know, resides in him. Okay. But the expressions of that life, the expressions of that life, amen, is something else. The expressions of that life for that life meant to be expressed. You need to grow in the fruit of the spirit, you need to grow in the ways of God. So you will hear people say, But I've got the spirit of God in me. Yeah, you've got the spirit of God, but you've not allowed the spirit, amen. You've not given the spirit expression, you've not grown, amen. That's that spirit remains in you as a seed. The seed has not grown to become a fruit. Nobody eats seed, except for birds. <laughs> All right, seed must grow into fruit, and that takes time. Anything you saw, amen, takes time to grow, and so we saw, amen, something very important. All right, that within the construct of the life of Caleb, it grew to the level whereby is able to manifest, and that is the Roach And I remember explaining, amen, the difference between the Roach amen, and the numa. Sorry, I'm just trying to do one or two things here. All right. We saw, amen, that Caleb operated from the Roach. And I was defining the characteristics of Roach. All right. Numa is there, he's gentle. All right. The Numa is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is gentle, quiet. But you want to move into, all right, the, 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 the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember. The Holy Spirit comes to represent the Father Comes to represent Christ In that order of functioning In the context of ministry When the Holy Spirit begins to move He moves as a rock, Is violent Hallelujah Is is dogged, amen He's rugged, amen It cannot be stopped, it cannot be quenched That's where the Holy Spirit then manifests as a fire As a wind, hallelujah Yes, as a water As a storm You understand all of this so the same Holy Spirit that is Quiet and gentle, amen Yes, now all you just do is Rababa, The same Spirit say, come on, it's time to Take the land, let's go into Warfare So we've got to understand the dynamics Amen, of the Spirit Particularly as we engage The end of days The days that we are living are dark days So we've got to understand how the Holy Spirit Is expressing itself In this season, hallelujah, I love that We must understand how the Holy Spirit is expressing. The Bible says we should not grieve the Spirit. You can grieve the Spirit. And sometimes when you grieve the Spirit, I mean you don't want to see the Holy Spirit get grieved. The same gentle, quiet spirit can become a wild wind. Are you getting this, friends? So we've got to understand all of these dynamics, all the Spirit of God is residing in us, but we've got to know, we must understand the operations of the Spirit. Alright, when the Holy Spirit begins begins to lay hold of people and wants to manifest, amen, the prophetic intentions of God, the Holy Spirit takes the form, amen, of Roach. So if you're bearing, or you, your church is Roach, or you're bearing the name Roach, or, and you don't understand these dynamics, You will be, you know, downplaying or you will not come into the fullness of the intentions of God. And of course, that is for every one of us. You know what I mean? We've got to know, amen, you have to build. The Bible says building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is you are charging your spirit. You can't charge the Holy Spirit, amen. You're charging your spirit, amen, to connect to the expression, to the tonation, for every situation, there's a tonation to which the spirit wants to speak Depending on the situation Depending, amen, on the condition Depending on what is on ground Ministry, hallelujah, is in context to the circumstance that you are called to address There will be a time, amen, you will speak as a lamb And there will be a time you will speak, amen, as an eagle And there will be a time you will speak, amen, as a wild horse I mean, there will be a time you will speak as a lion all of the four faces you've got to know amen within the context of who you are and what you represent in the life of the spirit of god the spirit of god is a multifaceted dimension the spirit of god is the most complex amen yes you know a, a, a entity that you can ever interact with if you ever think you know the spirit you have something that's coming for you nobody can tell you they have a full you know, image, a full picture, full understanding, full operations of the Spirit. No, because the Spirit, amen, changes based, amen, on the issues in time, based on what the Father wants, based on what, amen, the, you know, the Lord, uh, you know, had, had demanded at that time. You will see Jesus operate from all kinds of dimensions. Yes, those are manifestation of the Roach in Him. Even though, amen, He, he resides within, amen, the pneuma. You see, these are just semantics to help us to understand, amen. Activity within the context of, of our mission and assignment. I think that is something very important. In fact, I don't think I've heard a lot of people, you know, explain this in the body. <clears throat> I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure I've heard a lot of people. I mean, you know, in fact, I'm. I i do not think I've heard people really explain this two dimension. Because the Holy Spirit, while I'm doing this, you know, looking at this, the Holy Spirit brought my attention to this. And you see, like I was explaining yesterday, I mean, I was reading the literal Greek translation of what, you know, this character of Roach means. You know, Rock is like you are roaring. <laughs> and the Bible says of Caleb, he has a different spirit. And that spirit is manifested in how he reacted In how he spoke In how he saw That's why two prophets are not the same But we are all born again We are all spirit filled But but our, our concept of expression The way we look at things The way we engage things differs I have to call a brother this morning And also you know Just explain to him Because I mean we we can walk with anybody. We want to walk with people, but people must also understand what we're made of. Jesus said to his disciple, You don't know of the spirit you have made of, you are made of. We are all we, yes, we are all made of one spirit, but our our actions and reaction, our concept of engagement differs. That's why you've got to know the spirit of Amen, a ministry or a leader before you go and submit yourself. You have to understand, amen, the spirit by which somebody's operating before you go and join affinity. Alright, you can clash. There can be a clash of spirit. You're both Christian, but you can clash because amen. How they have shaped you, how they have you know built you up, amen. It's totally different from you see, they shape us, they build us for the kind of ministry they've assigned to us. Are you getting this? This differentiation has to be clear We are all unique, our DNA Is unique, as much as Yes, we are all serving God, we are all Praising God, we are all, yes, we all, all Want to go to heaven, well if you don't want to go to heaven We all want to be here, we all want to take the earth Yes, we know all of that But the concept of the expression Of that mandate Differs, and it's very important That people get that If you don't know my spirit, you don't know How God has wired me all right, and you try to interface with my spirit without understanding me. I'm telling you, you're gonna be in trouble. I'm gonna create problem for you because, I mean, I'll be doing things that you may just be looking at like, "Why? Well, what's going on here? Why are you saying that kind of a thing?" You want to be quiet. You want to be very, you know, polite and very diplomatic. I'm, I'm also very diplomatic. But when that thing jumps on me, I'm no longer diplomatic. I say the way it is. <clears throat> All right. I say the way it is i just tell you this is it that's it so i've got into trouble many times <laughs> because people don't understand that some people think you know you're just you know they, they they will give it all kinds of a name but you you see you've got to understand that peter hallelujah yes and 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 james amen and john they are all different you know you know, company of people, different quality, different character, but they are all followers of Christ, and that's why Jesus, Amen, will take Peter, James, and John. Those three, you know, uh, uh, people, Amen, ref- reflect, Amen. I will, I will always say, will reflect, you know, uh, 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 love, faith, hope, Amen. They represent a character. They represent a dimension of a life. These things you've got to pick them by the spirit. We don't have words to 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 fully. That's why they talk about the things of the spirit. These are the administrations of the Spirit that, you know, many people are very clueless or shallow in terms of understanding the body of Christ. The administration, I'm somebody, I believe in protocol. If you tell me you're going to call me tomorrow, all right? my mind is set on that that you're going to call me tomorrow. Now, if you don't call me tomorrow, as you have promised, okay, I will give you the benefit of that. Maybe call you all, you know, give you a message and say, well, I'll be next. If by next tomorrow you don't call me, you understand, I shift my mind away from you. I see you as somebody that is not responsible. I no longer take your word serious. That's just who I am. Are you getting it? I, I you know, I I believe that what you say, amen, is true, is correct. I don't have any reason to doubt your word. I don't want to and I don't want to get to the point because doubting people will will hinder my ministry and will hinder me from relating with people. So people who have been forthcoming Who are, you know, who are open Who are honest, are my best friends I don't have a lot I choose, well, let me not say I choose, that's how I've been wired There's just certain Things that, you know, people Will neglect and overlook I will not, I will not, because that Thing tells me so much about you I was sharing with, you know, one of our sister I think it was three or four days ago I was watching this video <clears throat> of this you know guy this man or this group the, you know th- th- this brother is a psalmist excuse me this brother is a psalmist he, he was invited to this particular uh, uh, um church i guess he used to be with them long time ago of course from the discussion so i was <clears throat> watching this man was in the spirit he was he was a you know, he was really ministering as a psalmist, <clears throat> and this uh, gathering was like a prophetic thing, it's like, in fact, I think they run a prophetic school, so when he finished, the the person in charge, you know, the I, I think the, the, the man of God in charge of the program, the, the, the one who was conveying the program, came and took the mic, and now he's trying to say something about this man this guy who just finished ministry, and he said to the people he said you know you know this there's a way he said it he said Uh you uh, see this guy i'm not sure if he, he used the word this guy or this young man i think that's what he said he said this young man and this is not a young man i mean even if he's young but he said this young man you know back in the days he was he used to be with us here and one day you know we were in this we were, we were praying and we we're just moving by the spirit and he came and whispered to my ears and said i feel i feel a, i feel a nudge in my spirit i feel a stare in my spirit I, I i feel god wants me to say something do something he said that i gave him the opportunity he said but well, look at him today he said look at him today look at what he's doing now look at what he's doing now and he said it In a a very, you know, kind of way that basically was, you know, reducing that. It's like almost, we made this guy. We made him. And I said to myself, God Almighty, why will this man do such a thing? This man just created an atmosphere. For goodness sake, the man is a minister. Even if he was cooking for you before. Even if he was, you know, tying your shoe before you can see that this is not longer a baby this man i'm sure he's got a family beyond the fact that he's a minister of the gospel i hope you understand that a Psalmist is a minister is a prophet and he talked down on this man you know almost like taking the glory and taking the praise and i saw behind you know uh uh, uh the, the the band i saw behind the, you know somewhere you know at the back i saw prophetic school And I said to my sister, I said, everything they are teaching in that school, to me, has become zero. Because this man just proved the spirit of what he's doing. So that even when people, all right, have come to learn and know about the prophetic, but your spirit, the spirit that conveys, that carries that thing, is not a good spirit. You have to learn to honor people. No matter how, you know, where they're coming from. If they were able to minister and do what they need to do, honor them and honor a man. Start with the way you talk to people. And I said to, I said to the sister, I said, I, I, I wouldn't bother about what this man is going to be teaching again. Because he's proven that you can say the right thing, but carry a wrong attitude in terms of the manifestations of your spirit. And that to me matters. It matters to me how you address people. It matters to me how you give people attention. Because those things, they speak volume about a man. What, you know, friends, we're in a day where those little things that they had to deal with, they had to address before Esther could stand before the king are the same thing they are addressing today. You know, most times we may not even give attention to those things. We may not even bother about them. But those are the things the Holy Spirit is highlighting. Those are the things the Holy Spirit is highlighting. How you you look at people, what you see, you know, how you talk to people, how you interact with people if you come into a room all right and you are proving that you want to prove that you're the best there's, there's no one like you everybody must listen to you everybody must look at you there's something is wrong with your gift that gift amen is not ready amen yes to be served that that wine is not ready to be served amen if they drink of that wine there will be you know a, a stomach ache there will be a pollution yes your gifting can be very good But the the container of that gift, amen, is still not, amen, refined. That's why you've got to go to the house of the potter. They must break the vessel and remold it until that thing, hallelujah, can really carry what you claim to represent. Am I making sense, friends? So I'm just basically trying to explain that the roach, all right? must 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 reflect that the the life the nature the way amen the person has been designed to express that's why prophets will minister in all kinds of ways and manners and if you don't understand it you will get angry or you will feel amen somehow but you need to know you see that the spirit of god does not violate yes human dignity not yet. hear what I said, the spirit of God does not violate human dignity the spirit of God seeks amen, to guide, to protect, Amen, to cover even in times of mistake, the Holy Spirit will still come and whisper, the day the Holy Spirit, amen, makes you to be rebuked openly then you know that you've not been listening to all the inner correction all the secret correction, you've not been listening, so they bring you to a place where they judge you openly and that's still part of the Spirit. But before they get to that point, they would have been dealing with you, they would have been sending, you know, all kinds of things secretly. They, Of course, why would the Holy Spirit want to disgrace you? The Holy Spirit is not about disgrace. So many of those things you see people tell, you know, somebody comes and gives a prophetic word. No no no, 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 it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not work like that. Alright? So, we are tracking how, amen, yes, uh, uh, the difference between the Roach and the numa. The roat is the expression, amen, of the of the formation of the life of the character of the belief system, yes, of all that it takes to carry out to represent. Because, I mean, we live in a we live in a physical world, we live in a real world, and we must engage that world, amen, through certain value system, through certain attitude, through certain character. <clears throat> Are you getting this? Yes, not rude, amen, not proud. Amen Not you know easily angered No we don't do all of that But there's a way the Holy Spirit wants you Amen To relate To interact Amen To manifest There's a way they want you to manifest What you know this spirit The spirit of God The Bible says to us many that are led by the spirit of God To be led by the spirit of God It's not just some nice and quiet moment Sometimes you can be led by the spirit of God Amen Like I was yesterday I told you guys I was led by the spirit of God To go talk to this girl Who's, I mean whose body was basically her breast was showing showing I mean it's like everybody you you everybody that can see can see and I said, but this is just you know unappropriate this this is not a good dressing. All right many people I'm sure will look at that some <clears throat> would have been patched with the spirit of lust just by looking at her. That's a principality that's a spirit that's a demonic spirit all right seeking to destroy people's destiny and I walk up to her and I said, this is not right. If you have a kid, would you want your child to dress like this? Well, we live in a day where it's my right. I can do whatever you want to do. Sorry. Not not when there is a company of people in the earth called the Ecclesia, the church. We have the ability to correct, to rebuke. And of course I did it politely. I mean, that's a good part of me. (laughs) If that was in my country, I would have rebuke her sharply. But you can't do that here. (laughs) But I still corrected her. But if if I was in my country, I would have said, who's your father? Who's your mother? Who gave that to you? (laughs) I would have spoken to her in a way that she would cry. But yeah, you can't do that. Or else you'll be arrested. Even though I had that in my mind, but I still told her, your dressing is just not. I mean, come on. So we have to understand how to do things How to relate So the Bible says that Caleb amen, had, Has a different spirit That's what, That's just what I'm trying to explain He has a different spirit Spirit can be seen In terms of amen, how, how, how we respond Spirit can be seen In our actions Spirit can be seen through a refined character Spirit can be seen Through amen, a reformed behavior Hallelujah I think that makes sense now The intentions of God is that our spirit, soul and body, amen, cooperate, amen, in terms of the expressions of God's, you know, will and purpose. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will just tell you, say nothing, don't reply, say nothing. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, reply, and this is the way I want you to reply. Yeah, we have to train and build our spirit to such level. Caleb, my servant. Caleb, my servant, has a, a, a different spirit and follows me. You see, when you have a different spirit and you follow Christ, you can never go wrong. So you can't say, well, the spirit is moving me. all right." But what we see manifesting contradicts one who is following Christ. Because when you follow Christ, you manifest, you express, you display the fruit of Christ. They said to Abraham, walk with me and be mature when you walk with god you will you will you will display mature fruit amen people will be able to pluck from you and eat you like i said you can't eat a seed the seed the spirit of god is in you oftentimes amen that spirit is there like a seed just there comatus. all right yes but when you begin to engage that spirit through prayer, through intercession through obedience, through submission that spirit begins to gain ascendance, remember it's not the Holy Spirit growing you, it is your spirit growing as, your, as you allow the Holy Spirit to gain expression, your spirit grows and that is what we declare when we say amen, the spirit man the inner man, amen, gets to burst forth, hallelujah, it comes forth Because the outer man wants to hinder, block and and, and Frustrate, amen, the life of the spirit The authority, the government Of your spirit, man, the soul doesn't Want you, amen, to be governed By the spirit, but as you pray As you take, amen, authority Amen, yes, as you continue To walk in obedience, as you Surrender, as you study the word Your spirit starts growing That's the reason why I did that last book Amen, yes how to grow in your spirit how to become strong in your spirit you can become strong and when you are strong in the spirit you just obey god like this morning, the lord said to me just just call this brother i called him and i told him this is it 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 oh you've concluded? no i've not concluded, but this is what i'm saying because that is what the spirit of god you see you've got to build yourself to such a level that you can trust your own spirit hallelujah so, when you hear the voice of God, I miss Amen the 12th. When you hear the voice of God that says, Come, you don't start looking at them. No, you obey. You know, we live in a society where God speaks to you. First of all, you first look at every other person. Did they also hear the same thing? Or what are they going to think if I step out? No, Peter stepped out of the boat. I am very sure that they were part of, you know, the disciples were saying to me, are you you out of your brain, Peter? You mean you're going to actually walk on water? You're a fisherman. You understand this. You understand the dynamics of water. You know. You know you're going to sink. No, not Peter. He's heard. Come. If it's you, master, bid me to come. He stepped out. And this is what I believe the Lord is calling us into. We have to, amen, uh, break away from the shadow of the rest break away from the shadow of other christians break away from the shadow of other believers if you have heard if you have the ability to hear the voice of god step out don't wait for the approval be the standard remember the concept many are called few are chosen Those few that are chosen are the ones who have walked on the roach, who have allowed, amen, the roach, amen, yes, to lead them, to guide them. We all born again, we all talk in tongues, we all speak in tongues, we all read the Bible, but not everyone, amen, act in obedience. Not everyone easily, quickly respond. After all, they all came back and they gave a report. What was their report? It was an evil report according to the scripture. We are unable, we cannot. can't take the land we cannot occupy the land caleb said no we are able in fact let us go now we will occupy the land what did caleb saw what did caleb hear? you understand what what is caleb tracking in the spirit that they are not seeing so what am i saying there's a separation taking place right now in the body of in the body of christ don't let people say no we're all the same we're not all the same our obedience, our actions Our response to the, to the work of God To the word of God, to the will of the Father Separate us And you can live in the shadow of other people And never step into what God has ordained you for Because You know, those people were born again before you You understand They've been in the Lord before you Some of those guys were in the Lord before Paul But look at the way God used you know Paul. In fact, he called himself, he said, I'm the least of all the apostles. I'm the least. I was the last born, the last born in the house. God, he raised the last born, hallelujah, to you know, to to, to advance his his purpose and his intention. And you know, when the last born wants to do something in the house, everybody's got an opinion. I mean, you were just born yesterday, sit down there. What are you talking about? Come, come and sit down there. We've been here before you. We know how this thing works. Is that not what they said to, to David? But you see, these people have been interacting with God. It's not It's not how far, it's not how long. No, it is how close you are walking with God. Caleb was walking with God. Caleb understood, amen. He, he's been trained. He, he understood something that others did not understand. Even though they were all leaders, because they were leaders sent Caleb has a different spirit and we need to know we've got to track what makes Caleb's spirit different from the rest. What makes Amen this guy, the person that God is willing to transact with. That God is willing to use, that God is willing Amen to send. That God is willing to give Amen. I mean, look at look at the kind of a place they gave him, a mountainous place, a place that is occupied by giants by the sons of the Anakites. They are, the, they are the people living there. The Canaanites were living, amen, in that place called Hebron. But that is where they gave him and that is where he didn't say oh my word, Lord why would you give me such a place? This place is no. He said I want this place. 40 years, 45 years later he was 85 years old when he went to you know jo- Joshua. Give me this place. This is the place I've been promised by Moses. You were there. Amen. When Moses said, this portion of land has been alluded to me. Now, hallelujah, I'm 45. I'm, you know, I'm 85. My vision has not grown dim. My strength has not weakened. I'm still strong as in the day that, you know, Moses sent me out to go to war. I am still as strong as that period in time. I've not diminished. My vision, hallelujah, has not diminished. I've not lost sight. I've not lost direction. Hallelujah. I've not been captured by time. Amen. I've not been talked into something else that God has not called me into. I am still very much, hallelujah, alive and well, and the vision is still like yesterday, burning in my heart. Hallelujah. That's Caleb for you. Friends, we're tracking Dynamics of the kingdom. We're looking at the Caleb's paradigm. That's what we're doing. So we know how to occupy. So we know how to occupy. And we start amen, this concept of occupation. By allowing first of all. The Lord to occupy our life. To occupy our mind. To occupy our thoughts. We cannot go and occupy. Occupy the nations for the Lord if we have not been occupied ourselves by the Lord if we are occupied by the wrong things how can we go and occupy for God are you listening friends so this is why we are tracking this man called Caleb he's got something very important to show us to teach us it's not the only one there are many But for now we're looking at Caleb Alright I hope this is making sense to somebody out there But Caleb my servant Has a different spirit And follows me wholeheartedly I will bring him into the land He went to God said I will bring him into the land He went to And his descendants will inherit the land then the Lord said in verse 25 of that scripture of Numbers 14, verse 25 Since the Anakites and the Canaanites are living in the valley, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the route of the sea. Are you saying? In the day of advancement God is turning back certain people because all that's all they want to see. All they are dreaming of is the lettuce and the cucumber and the cabbage they used to eat in Egypt. So God literally turned them back to the way of Egypt. God brought them out. His plan was to take them into the promised land, His, his plan was to bring them into the dimension, the realities of His kingdom. You, you understand? That is the reason why God brought them out. But their unbelief, their doubt, amen, they are murmuring, they are complaining, amen. Their lack of understanding their, 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 their lack of self-belief Amen Yes All of those things that were negative That they had built up Amen In Egypt Is now playing against them God said Since you guys say The Anarchites are there The Canaanites are there In the valley Tomorrow Turn Turn back to us Amen The desert Along the route Of the Red Sea Is that where they are coming from? Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? This is God speaking here. How long will this wicked community you know, grumble against me? I have heard their complaint, I've seen their grumbling. So tell them, as surely as I as I live, declares the Lord, I will do, I will do to you the very things. I had said in this wilderness your body will fall, every one of you 20 years old and more who who have been counted in the census who has grumbled against me not one of you amen, will enter the land I I swore by uplifted hand, can you imagine this is God speaking here Not one of you will enter the land that I swore by uplifted hand to make you your home Except Caleb son of Jephunneh and Joshua son of Nun As for the children that you have said will be taken and be plundered I will bring them into the land And they will enjoy the land This is God speaking here Now this is serious The issue of faith. Remember, faith is not just about being able to possess something for yourself. Faith is about carrying out the, the, the intentions of God in the earth. Faith, amen, is about carrying out the mandate of the kingdom. So, let's, let's make this clear. lest you think that faith is just being able to get and build that little thing. That gives you your own security. No, faith is about advancing. They that must come to God must believe that He is. Faith is about coming into the things that God, hallelujah, wants to see manifest. Remember when we're talking, I said, all right, that what we're dealing with is not just limited to your own little vision. Amen. This thing we're talking about is bigger than our own little vision, our own little empire. This is about advancing the mandate of the kingdom of God on earth. this is, this is entering into what we call The dream of God The vision of God The purposes of God And sometimes when you enter into that dimension You don't get to be popular <laughs> You may not even be celebrated Because what we want Everybody should celebrate us No Your life is a conduit Your life is a channel A portal amen. Is a tunnel for the things of God To flow into the earth That's what we're talking about. And when you understand that, you know that you cannot hold back. God swore by his hand lifted, you will not enter the land. As for the kids, the children that you said, uh, the enemy is going to plunder them when we leave. God says those children are the only ones that will enter. So, let's quickly finish you know this concept that we, we we began yesterday we began to look at some characteristics amen of um of caleb right after having defined the difference between your pneuma or your roach all right. what it, what it means to have a different spirit is expressed through the roach yes we've ex- we've explained that so in in manifestation of that act, amen, you will find this characteristics, I hope this is clear, you will find this characteristics and yesterday we began to talk about them, we said the first one is self-belief Caleb believed, amen yes, in himself, he believed he is got, amen, a well refined, a well robust, a well, amen, transformed self-identity one of the first major problem we find in human life, amen it's a deformed dysfunctional identity it makes people do crazy things when you have a deformed a dysfunctional identity I mean you can hide behind spirituality to be doing naughty things to be doing foolish things so I you know you know insecurity dysfunctional identity is the most if you ask me the most dangerous manifestation of the fallen human nature because that thing alright will hide Behind anything, will hide behind achievement. Will hide behind you know poverty. Will hide behind success. Will hide behind you know wealth, financial wealth. That thing will hide behind career. I mean, <laughs> you will need to have an advanced, an advanced, a well advanced, mature discernment to to unravel self, you know, uh, uh, insecurity in people's life. Many. of our Battles, amen, are Insecurity, lack of A well-developed, mature Identity So, you know This thing will make you do things That, I mean, you will never believe I believe Is the lack of our true Identity that makes us to sin I believe that was one of the things That caused Adam to sin in the Garden, because God has spoken God has defined who you are They've given you authority, they've given you power Only for the devil to walk into your garden And you just stay mute Here's your wife telling you something that contradicts what God has said And you're just like And here you're the same person that God brought the animal Or all the animals to And you name them You are able to identify each animal by, by their nature And you surname them Now it's time for you to exercise your authority Over the realm God has positioned you and you're just quiet. What happened to him? Are you getting f- friends? So, Caleb, for him to say, We are able to take the land, it means he was very aware amen, of his identity. Remember, our identity is not source in ourselves, our identity is source in God. Like I always say, you don't even know who you are until you collide with God. You collide with Christ. You don't even know the vision of God for your life until you meet with the Lord. You may be born with the vision, but you will never be aware until your spirit wakes up, until your spirit is awakened. A lot of things fall in line when we are spiritually awakened. That's why the issue of salvation matters. All right? That you give your life, to give your life to Jesus, it's not about going to heaven. It's about being awakened. Into the reality of your essence of your purpose on earth. When I was before I was awakened, my life was a wreck, my life was like nothing, I was nobody, I was depressed. I mean, I felt like the whole world is against me. I mean, and then you grew up in a in an impoverished environment there was nothing to be you know you know to be written good about my life it was just totally a waste i don't have a sense of purpose i don't have a sense of life when i gave my life to jesus like 360 degree was a complete 360 degree turn around yes i want to go to heaven but that was a list it's like i just it's like i was awakened wow suddenly i begin to see myself in a new light all the things that I believe I could not do before I gave my life to Jesus, suddenly I begin to realize I could do this thing. As I read the word and begin to understand what the Bible says, I begin to see myself. It's like the word basically was showing me my true image, my true identity. And that was under the charismatic. You know? It taught me a lot of you Can get it, you can proclaim it. And then I began to grow and began to grow and because there was this dissatisfaction in me, even when I've discovered this thing about myself. There was still still longing. I'm like, but so is there any other thing to this thing we're hearing? And then God began to now expose me to other people, to other mature, more mature, you know, believers, more mature materials you know more in-depth book about the ways of god the ways of the spirit i'm like wow it's like you you thought you were awoken i was (laughs) much more awoken and i realized that my spirit needs to grow and develop and mature and i mean the things that i thought i knew and i was celebrating is like they just became like a foundation a stepping stone I was more, I became aware of God's intention and purpose for my life. And that's what gives us identity. What gives us identity is that we are aware of God's purpose and plan for our life. What God ordained my life for. Not what my father or my mother thought. Not what the environment said. No, but what heaven ordained me for. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. It changed my life. It changed my life completely are you getting this my life was totally changed and I wanted to know more you see you can you can discover things about yourself and just get excited and stop it there no you've got to have a passion to want to know more want to know more and that identity began to allow me to start rejecting things that I would normally accept I remember that identity led me, all right, to, I mean, I was, I've shared this, I was a personal assistant to the pastor of my church, which back then was the in church. When you mention Christ Chapel, you mentioned to the Jordan, you know, back then in Nigeria, I mean, it's like that was it. It's like you've come to the Mecca of, you know, of the charismatic. was his personal assistant and i could remember the lord said i i want to teach you i want to build you and i thought okay yeah i'm gonna go to bible school yeah guess what at that time that church was running one of the largest bible school in lagos and the lord said no you're not going to there i'm sending you to benin (laughs) i'm sending you to idaosa's bible school i'm like god so i could remember i could still remember when i went to tell you know uh, the assistant pastor, because the pastor was not, you know, around, he had traveled to, you know, UK. So I went to tell the assistant pastor, Pastor Bio, I said, I, uh, uh, I want to go to Bible school. He said, Okay, yeah, you can go, to, you can register in Bible school. we got Patmos. I said, No, I'm going to, uh, Binet. He said, did, did Pastor know about this? I said, No, that's why I'm telling you so that when he comes, you can tell him <laughs> because I don't know how to face him. He's <laughs> like fire on the mountain. You're in trouble. Are, are you saying that what we're teaching you here is not good enough? I didn't know. I was just zealous, you know, just following what the Lord is saying and doing in my life. You know, I didn't know I was putting myself in trouble. I mean, remember at this period, is the church housing me? Is the church that was, I was living in the church, you know, uh, you know, quarters, staff quarters. I didn't have a house to myself And yet you want to leave the church Are you out of your brain My income was basically coming from the church How are you going to survive all of that But I knew I could hear God Hello I knew God spoke to me The rest I don't know You know The church gave me 18 hours to pack out of that You know building Just because I heard God but I knew I'm not going back and that was how God delivered me from the charismatic I didn't know God was bringing me out of the move out of a move that I was celebrating even though I was already feeling there has to be more but that was how God began to trans- trans- you know, transmit me out of that was how I began the transition out of the charismatic I didn't know that my heart was searching so I thought I could get in the Bible school and i knew that it's not this bible school it's that one there in fact at that period in time somebody offered all right to you know to take me to uk to what they call amstead bible school there's a very important you know well-known bible school back in in the days i'm um, uh, you know amstead bible school is in amsterdam one of the best one of the m- well-known bible school i said no i refuse. I said God told me to go to Benin <laughs> I was that crazy I mean maybe I should have just accepted going to Amstead Bible school I mean imagine now in UK I would have been in UK for maybe for 30 years I refused it that was how sure I was I mean I said maybe God could have if God wanted me to go to Amstead he would have you know told me that but he told me go to Benin And what a time I had in Benin. Yes, I was I was in Bible school, but I was in the school of the Spirit. I was in Bible school, but I was not in Bible school. God took me to Benin to go and learn how to pray. I came out as one of the best students, but I didn't go to learn, you know, theology. God took me to go and engage me about spiritual things because you know, by midnight, I'm already praying. I had I had this brother. His name is Lever. We were prayer partners. We will pray through the night, and God was speaking to us about things to come, things in the future. I'm telling you, many of the things that I'm doing today were established 1990 when I was in Bible school. I could see the future. In the same Bible school that God told me, God told me, that man, the Archbishop, must not lay hands on you. He must not ordain you. Heaven spoke to me. When they called me, they say we want to make you one of our pastors. God told me, refuse and reject it. I didn't know what God was doing. I was just obeying. I told you guys. The most important thing that can happen to you is your ability to hear God. My sheep hears my voice. Regardless of the authority or the old prophet or even the young prophet that come and say, that said the Lord, if heaven has spoken to you, you judge what people are saying by what heaven has spoken to you. If you cannot hear God, you are at the mercy of what other people will be suggesting to you. All of this, I've said all of this To speak to you about Identity, self-identity If you If you don't know who you are in the Lord You will not have A a sense of self-worth You know, when you come From a poverty environment like we have In Africa Where every rich man, you know Every, you know, wealthy people You know, are seen as High up there and you must look Look up to them You'll compromise. There are many visions that have been buried because somebody told those people, no, this is what we want you to do. Visions that God has given to people buried under a pulpit, buried behind the pulpit that God never called them into. Because they must survive. How do you eat? Uh, I can continue on and on on this thing. Am I making sense to you? If you live in a poverty environment, you grew up particularly in Africa. If you're born in Africa, I'm telling you, you first of all must ask the law to break to help you break away from that, you know, in inherent, you know, you know, mindset that limits, that hinders, even when you are brought to wealth, even when you are brought to a large place, if you have not dealt with that spirit, that thing will still be showing up. You understand, even in your place of, of influence. You would think you are bigger than everybody. You think you are larger than life. It's a manifestation of a poverty spirit. When you see Africans, all right, trying to show off. One man has got three phones. One man. He's got three phones. What are you doing with three phones? The way, you you know, have you seen how African, you know, wealthy people, have you seen how loud they are? They are very loud. It's a manifestation of their poverty spirit. Even among those who are in ministry, when you see how they dress, how would you want to wear a suit and everything is shiny, is shiny, shiny. You know, it's like diamond. In, in fact, if they, if they can wear diamond, they will wear, wear diamond as clothes. Wear diamond shoes just to prove that they have arrived. That is poverty in expression. You are They don't know. They think they are showing their wealth, but they don't know that they are actually telling people that I'm suffering from you understand? A shattered a broken identity. So I'm using this fig leaf, alright, you know, to cover myself. They don't know that. Now when we watch things like that, what we see, ah, oh, oh my show, wow, this guy needs help. Have you seen those guys in America? Have you seen their wealth? They are wealthy, but they are on their t-shirts. Sometimes you look at, you know, somebody like the owner of Facebook, have you seen him with his, his, his shirt and jeans? He doesn't take that wealth away from him. But poverty has a way of telling on you the things you go for, the things you do, you know, your preferences, you know, you know, you just want to prove a point. Did I tell you this one? <laughs> God help me. You know, coming out of a very impoverished environment, I remember growing up and I said to myself, you know, I mean, I grew up, of course, I didn't grow up with my parents. Where I grew up, I mean, it was real hell. You get to eat egg as a you know, as a young boy growing up, you get to eat egg maybe once in two weeks, and yet there was a poultry farm in the house, and I me, mean, I'm the one cleaning it, and you cannot partake of it. So I told myself when I when I grow up, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a lot of egg and meat. You eat meat only on Sunday. See, so i know where i'm coming from and i must tell you the other side i've also seen wealth so i need you to understand the, the balance and, and i've come to balance my life i can eat in the best of the best restaurant but i, I can also eat on the road you know just that man and woman selling bread and and an egg put it together on the road i can eat the, i'm not moved that's why you know you understand i i can i can enter a limousine i don't feel anything about it's a limousine or god knows or you know no but i can also take a taxi it doesn't change who i am i I hope people will understand this when you have to do certain things because of your caliber because of your value because of your worth something on the inside of you is not healed i don't let people take advantage of me but I also give people a benefit for doubt. I serve people, but I also take service. I also want people to serve me and honor me. Yes. But if you can't do it, you understand? I will not crucify it for you. But if you can do it and you don't do it, I will rebuke you sharply. I've done it. I did it two days ago to somebody. I know my what. I know who I am. I know where I stand. My value is not judged by what you see around me. I define my value by what I carry. The most expensive thing in my life, amen, is the purity of my oil. The Bible says, amen, of a pure nut oil. Have you you heard that in the Bible? The oil is pure. That olive oil is pure. You know what it takes to to get a pure olive oil. So you don't want to mess with what I carry. If you mess with it, oh, I'm going to come hard on you. Because we would like to, you know... They, 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 they like to try, you know, sometimes... Let's just see his reaction. Let's, you know... No, you don't do that. Jesus rebuked Martha in our own house. Because she could not recognize the moment. She could not recognize honor. She's the mature one. She's the elder, el- eldest one. But she's blind that when honor comes into the house you see it and you change what you're doing yes people have abused the concept of honor that's why we're going to be talking about the issues of fatherhood you give honor to there are people that honor are due to you give it to them they say give honor to whom honor is due listen you don't buy honor it comes through age through experience through the dealings of God let me tell you something true honorable people when they open their clothes when they open their shirt you will see scars honors are are acquired by scars 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 the honor is not the shirt it's not the suit but there's something they carry on the inside that when they speak is life when they speak is wisdom that's why we've got to teach people particularly this generation if we don't teach about fatherhood for all the men of God maybe listening or watching me if we don't teach the right concept of honor we will lose a generation a whole generation is almost lost just because everybody think uh, your pastor is not your pali your apostle is not your pali it's not somebody you give high five to it's a person of honor In the house, children must know amen. The difference between playing with their father and honoring their father. They say, Children, obey, honor your fathers. The society tells us, Well, you call your father by the by his first name. <laughs> you don't do that. If the society tells you that when you come home, you say no, 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 you want to live long, <laughs> you want to prosper. You honor your father. I don't care how, who your father is. Your father can be a drunk and every day falls into the gutter. You don't disrespect your father. Yeah. Are you seeing how God, you see the things of God are like a web. When you think you know how God is going to move. Let me finish the, the issue of egg. <laughs> I know somebody are itching to hear that one. So I said, Well, I'm gonna get a lot of I'm gonna eat a lot of egg and I'm gonna you know eat a lot of you know meat. I'm gonna stock my fridge. I've shared this before, but I like sharing it because I like to laugh at myself, you know. Since growing up, they don't you don't eat a lot of egg, you know. I remember growing up, <laughs> Jesus the they measure the sugar they measure the sugar for you and back in the days is the is the cube one also you know you get the cube sugar so i mean this will teach you how to steal they would have counted the cubes so you take two cubes the other person will take two cubes so what you do is, you go there before the other one comes, you take extra one, you put the cube in your, in your pocket. So you show them, I've taken two, but you've got an extra Because the, the, the pap that you're taking, you know, back in the days, you know, they, they call it Ogi in Nigeria. The Ogi is not sweet. So you put that extra one there. Can you see? That's, even the people who raised you, they themselves were dealing with chronic poverty. And listen to this, my family, I mean my extended family are not poor people. They're not poor people you see but that mindset you 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 think you are you're being you know you're being difficult you know in fact not a thing they know that and uh, it's not you can see when other kids come other kids all right who who, family are okay doing well uh, they can do whatever they want to do so that shaped my mind When I grow up, I'm going to buy cartons of milk. You know? (laughs) And that's exactly what I I did with the egg. (laughs) And I cook. (laughs) And I... I make sure that I boil six eggs. And I can't finish six eggs, but I'm trying to prove a point to myself. (laughs) Six eggs. And sometimes I try to finish all the six eggs and you know what you know what what is gonna happen when you eat six eggs you are just gonna be polluting the whole atmosphere nobody will be able to sit around you and behold that was what i was doing you're just releasing all kinds of gas and one day i said to myself this is foolishness (laughs) this is foolishness (laughs) this cannot be right but you see, you want to prove a point. The same thing with meat. You eat because now you can afford to buy it. You do it to the point that it becomes silly. You know, you're just indulging yourself. You be, you almost become a gluten just because you came out from an environment, you see, that shaped you to think to act in a particular way, and that's poverty so poverty is not about having or not having it's a state of mind and that speaks into identity and that's why i said caleb amen he understood his himself he had he had what is called self-belief that's not what the humanistic people teach you not the self-belief of humanism this is a self-belief that if God says this is who I am, this is what I can do. This, is, You cannot walk for God if you don't have self-belief. If you don't believe in yourself. If you don't, I mean imagine you as a prophet, you've prayed up and God gives you a word to go and give somebody. Or to God asks you in the morning, get up, call this person, give this word and you are, you, are, you are dancing in your own, you know foot. You are afraid. Why are you afraid? You don't have self-belief. So kill him. Amen. Self-belief. He had, of course, like we said yesterday, he had resilience. He was resilient. Amen. You can't stop him. Adversity can't stop Caleb. You understand the Canaanites, the Jebusites in the land, could not change his mind. You know, have you have you tried to go to certain places and just about you are about entering that place, you make a U-turn, or you said you're going to talk to somebody about something, and before you get to that person's place. you you make a U-turn, not because the Holy Spirit told you that, but because you were afraid Caleb was resilient, the third thing we said yesterday was, it was passionate passion must exceed desire for the things of God to be established what are we doing friends let me remind you again, we are looking at the paradigm of Caleb and I said, what? Well, passion must exceed desire for us to be able to birth the things of God. You know, when you're passionate about something, listen, the best way I can describe passion is to look at passion from the negative point of view. When you are passionate about something, something you know you're not supposed to do, but you, you want it, your flesh wants it, you know how even all the excuses you try to, you know, bring out doesn't work. If you want to commit a sin, I mean, have you know that we don't commit a sin through desire; we commit sin through passion. Passion is like something that is burning. When one of the sons of of, of David. Had, had the desire to want to sleep with the sister. They have sister. There was nothing. There was nothing, hallelujah, that could stop him. He was bent on doing it. That same idea, that same commitment to, to, to want to do something should be what we should be putting into doing things for God. I'm, I'm, you see, that's the best way I can explain it. I want to use the negative to explain the positive. When you are Passionate, amen Back in the days when you were unbelievers When you are passionate about catching a girl Going out with a girl you, That girl, ah, she's going to fall She's mine You would do everything To make sure that girl Notice you And if in the, in the other hand I guess girls also do it When they want a guy They would do anything everything To get the attention of that guy passion burns you'll be holding fire like this but you will still be going because of passion the thing is burning you <laughs> like the book, like the Bible says in the book of Proverbs who keeps a coal of fire amen, within, within his bosom and not be burned that's passion when you are passionate there is nothing as impossible passion will make a way, will find a way out So your desire, amen, must be a stepping stool to your passion. If you're not passionate about the things of God then uh, the devil can talk you out of it. Circumstance can talk you out of it. You see, every day I pray God increase my passion to remain righteous. I want to be passionate about it. And that's why sometimes I emphasize the things that I say. Sometimes I deliberately say the things I say to hear them for myself to keep me, to safeguard me from falling into the same thing you see, when you preach certain things when you teach certain things, when you have certain belief, and you make it known, and you talk about it you you let people know, it's a way of safeguarding you from those things, because you've said it they've heard it, they know it you'll be foolish to go and fall into it are you getting this? Caleb was a passionate person another man we see in the the scripture that we shared in time past was Jacob he was passionate about marrying Rachel he was so passionate about this woman he was passionate that's what he wants he was willing to spend another seven years to have her that's passion the Way Jesus divine passion, he, he defined it as zeal. He said, The zeal of my father's house consumed me. <laughs> he got out a whip. The Bible says he went to make a whip. That's passion, that's zeal. A passionate person, amen. Waking up 1 a.m. in the night, get up. That person gets up. There's no excuse. Passion unleashes us into the things of God. Just as passion will unleash us into the way of the devil. You see, if you're not if your passion for the things of God does not outweigh your desire or your passion for sin, you can't win. I keep telling people, you don't know how powerful your flesh is, you don't know how how strong will. The falling soul, the falling nature is you don't know. If you know, you won't be treating that thing with oh well. No, you will be you will be determined, amen. You'll be deliberate about it. Are you getting this, friends? Gotta be passionate. This guy was passionate. He said, I want it now. He said, we can take the land now. Now if you send us, we are ready. And of course, the fourth one, he was a man of empathy. He knew how to reach people. He knew how to relate with people. Empathy is very important as part of the character that makes this, you know, quality of man that we find in Caleb. It was the manifestation, amen, of the Roach, a different spirit, a different belief system, a different philosophy, a different attitude, a different view to life. His view to life is kingdom. Give me the land. There are giants there, could be giants, amen, in the world of Haiti, giants in the world, amen of, you know, neuroscience giants in the world of, you know business, giants amen, yes, in the world of politics and geopolitics giants, amen, in the land of trading, buying and selling, giants in the land, no I'm able, give it to me giants in the world, amen, of politics and we're able, we will change the narrative you see they are bent to see change. They are bent to take the land. They are bent amen, to start their own, you understand, Label to start their own com, You know, communication You know, uh, uh, service, their own media house. Giants in the land were able to take it. As long as God has given you. You don't look at the giants there. You don't look at how massive, how big. No. If God has given it to you, You begin to align yourself amen to what god will have you become to take it and i believe that you know the the last 45 years that Caleb they were grooming Caleb they were training him that's why we know that delay amen it's not denial there are things God has said to you it's not forthcoming it's not that God has forgotten no They are preparing you, they are prepping you They are aligning you, they are training you They are equipping you, sometimes they will take you to Certain places for you to go Get and gather certain skill Alright, when you are done with that, they take you to another Place, all of that is not the Fulfillment, they are preparing you Like I always say, often times Our preparation are assumed As the manifestations of the gift Many people are still being Prepared to enter their gifting But when they come into certain things, they say, ah wow let's build three tabernacles Yeah, this is a nice place they didn't take them off there amen, to build tabernacle. God wanted them to learn something, to see something to understand something you know you know how Peter does his thing, he'll just open his mouth, let's build <laughs> let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses one for Elijah, he said you don't know what you're talking about, just go to sleep are you getting this? Some of us, your ministry, the ministry you're doing right now is a transition to enter that calling. Don't take the transition as a, as your finality, as your place. Oh God. As the final point. Some of you, right now, the business you're doing is a transition, amen, yes, to the main land, amen, occupied by giants. Just like I mean, imagine David had been trained to fight bears and lions before they brought him before the Goliath. I mean, David could have just built a ministry around fighting bears and lions, and his ministry would have grown so much. Yeah, I mean, I I can teach you how to fight and kill bears and lions. And he did that with passion to save his fathership. That is what they need in David. To save. Godship. (laughs) Are you getting this? Some things we are doing right now. Are not the ministry. They are the pathway. To the ministry. How many times we have assumed. That what we are doing. Is the ministry. I always say that. You know. Purpose is progressive. Purpose is not what defines vision. Vision defines purpose. So purpose cannot get to a place and say, well, wow, this is a big one. Alright? We, we've left two bedroom apartments. Now we are in a, in a six bedroom apartment. The Lord has done it. This is Goshen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and then you're dancing around, you're running around because you've got size, you've got... And you no longer think that they just brought you here in as a prep school. That this is not your place of rest That there's a bigger place they want you to go and possess Remember, it's not about you Whatever God does in your life is not about you The gift is not for you The talent, the calling is not about you It's about God using you to express His intentions in the earth So you can't get to a place and decide wow. See, that's that poverty mindset I'm talking about You've grown, never had a car Suddenly, they gave you a car You're able to buy the second one And you're like, wow, this is nice No, they gave you a car just to test Just to enjoy that car, okay Maybe for the, the next two, two, three years Then you're going to leave that car behind Because they're taking you to another place So that when you see car Or somebody tried to bribe you with a car You say, sorry <laughs> I left two behind <laughs> I just left you behind. You can't do something else. You can't bribe me with that one. Because there are places that will bring you to, just because you have not been trained and ready and prepared, when they bring you before certain people, you will forget your name. You will forget your integrity. You will forget the message. You will forget the authority of God in your life. I've seen that happen to people. There are, you, you see, influences, influences are in degrees. You've got influence, but I tell you, there are people who have... Better, stronger influence than you. Some people will convince you to drink the wine when you know God told you don't drink the wine. When you look at the caliber of people at the table and everybody's sipping the wine. Everybody's, by the way, this is water, it's not wine. <laughs> everybody's sipping the wine. I like what's, what's your problem? But can't you see this? Uh, this is Bishop X. This is Bishop D. This this is Apostle Y. This is uh, you know, uh, uh, Supreme Mother X. <laughs> this is Mother in Israel. Y. <laughs> you understand? And all these people have got things bigger, larger than you. They've achieved things higher than you. What would what would be going on in your mind? So what's your problem? And this, all these people—they run church. They—they're they're doing. Their ministry is doing well, but they told you, "Don't drink the wine." You will need to believe. You will. You will, You must have a backbone, layer of God backing you for you to say, "Sorry, no, I don't. I don't. I don't drink that." Sorry. And if they want to insist, you get up, you walk out, regardless of whatever you're gonna be signing, regardless of what you're gonna be doing. You know, because headquarters have spoken. Or can I easily talk you out of your core values? Certain men of God don't even have personal core values. Oh, yeah, 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 no, we preach the Bible. What are are the values that guide you as a person? What are the no-go areas for you as a person? What are your personal convictions? I'm not talking about what others believe. You. Do you have that? Do you know this? Because if you don't, there are certain places you go to, they will swallow you up. The land will swallow you up. But this is how we do things here. This is our culture here. Sorry, I operate via the culture of heaven. I'm in this world, but I am not of this world. Then they'll tell you, we'll see how you're going to make it here. Okay, we'll see. Then God turns up on your behalf, shows up, and they see you make it. No wonder that they will follow you. But if you have to jump, jump because everybody says jump, then you don't really know who you are. Are you getting this, friends? We're dealing with the dynamics of the kingdom, looking at Caleb's paradigm, in the principle of occupying till Christ come. And this character are explaining to us how To live our life, amen Within the construct of a value Established In God Do you have principles that guide your life I'm not talking about the vision of the church I'm talking about you as an individual What are the principles that guide you That defines your life That even you You dare not cross it If you cross it, you're done for. That's the end of your ministry. There's a reason why they say the Nazarites must not drink wine. There's a reason why they say, amen, Razor must not touch their hair. Years later, Jeremiah, crazy Jeremiah, I love Jeremiah, (laughs) he called the sons of the Rechabite, he called them, brought them into into a private chamber, put all the wine down, See guys, your father, your father's, your uh, you know grandfather, they are long dead. They they are the covenant with God. They are dead. You are the new generation. Come on, you are the new generation of the apostolic. You are the new generation of the prophetic. Drink wine, hey. Drink the wine. Nobody bothers. This is the twenty-first century. Come on nobody cares nobody bothers drink the wine the sons of the Rechabites say sorry Jeremiah the covenant that our father made with God is the same covenant that we stand by today our mouth does not touch wine we don't touch it the fact that our fathers and great grandfather are dead does not mean that we break the covenant. I told you, this is not a contract. It's a covenant. Listen and listen well. A contract you can break after the expiring date. But this is a covenant. Jeremiah was testing the sons of the Rechabites. They were, they were part of the nation of Israel but they are of a different order if you look at amen, the assignment given to each of the tribe regarding the issues of the temple you will understand that God is very precise and deliberate about things there were tribes that they were set amen, to carry the utensils in the temple no other tribe can do it It is left for that tribe. Do you know your tribe? Do you know the values that drive your tribe? I mean, I've got my own tribe. I'm looking for um, the values of my tribe within the bunch, within the multitudes. I'm at home with my tribe. Yes, we are all Christian, but we are not all from the same tribe. Our assignment defines our tribe. So how we behave, how we talk, how we act, amen, you know, speaks into our tribal, you know, lifestyle. These are, these are very important things. Let somebody talk you out of what heaven has commanded. They said to, amen, the young prophet, my father said you must come to the house. (laughs) <laughs> they said don't go, don't eat don't drink finish the walk, move now they convince him that's why t- t- I'm telling you about influence for you to be able to maintain the issues, listen friends, let me say this again in case you don't understand what I'm talking about, God is not just about interested in what you do for him, he's interested in how you do it for him. I cannot overemphasize that. That is why Caleb, amen, is of a different tribe, of a different order, of a different spirit. And that spirit is what we are tracking. They say he's got a different spirit. What makes that spirit different? That's what we've been talking about. Because somebody will say, "Why are you fussing? What's your fuss? What's your issue?" Let's do the job. No, it's not just about doing the job. If it's about doing the job, Amen. Coca-Cola will do it better than us. Pepsi will do it better than us. General Motors will do the job better than us. There are companies in Babylon. If they give them the work, Amen, of the Great Commission, I can show you in the next seven years. They would have finished the job finish they'll be asking god what next <laughs> the job is done because they've got all the system put in place we see god is not about that the issues, like I was saying yesterday, the issues of taking the earth, the issues of taking the mountains, the issues, there of of bringing down, amen, of of you know, of, you know, bringing down the mountains, filling the valleys. You understand, causing the crooked paths to be straight. That issue requires a prophetic spirit. That's why, amen. They speak of John the Baptist. There's a construct of the life. There's a dietary system within that order. There's a way we dress within that order. Why did they take time to explain to us Amen? the food of John? You understand? Where he lives, the clothes that he wears. You think they're just joking? No, all of those things are the explanation of the values that construct this prophet. And with all of that, we still saw him ask the question, are you the one to come or should we be waiting for another one? So that tells you how important, how deadly this thing that we're handling is. With all those qualifications, John, in the midst of pressure, in the at friends, you don't know what is before us. You think, you think, you think Satan and the paths of darkness will just fold their hands? Ah, they want to take over. They want to kingdomize the world. The kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. And they will just fold their hands and be watching. They are coming for you full time. They don't come for you. They will come for your wife. They don't come for your wife. They will come for your children. They will come for everything that relates with your life. They will touch every order. Everything about your life. I'm not trying to make you fair. But I'm telling you what is ahead. They will collapse everything that can be collapsed. That's why God allowed, you know, Satan to touch Job, because what God wanted to do with Job's life, not even Job understood it. So if you don't understand the ministry of suffering, the ministry of persecution, if you are if you are, if you come from you know that school of thought that they say suffering, say God forbid, bad thing, I reject it in Jesus. Name. <laughs> then you're not ready for God because suffering are not designed to kill you they are there to build you to refine you to to empower you so that when you come to certain places when a man they they say bow the knees you say sorry we don't do that here (laughs) we don't do that everyone that have compromised in ministry in church something led them to the point of compromise they didn't start out to go and compromise all the things we're hearing about the TDJs of this world today, it is that, I don't think he started ministry to get to the point of compromising, but something was flawed in the foundation of his life that impacted his ministry. That's what I'm talking about. I know the things that can flaw my ministry, and I've been dealing with those things from the day God opened my eyes to see. This one will finish you. So, I focus on that area. I continue to focus on it. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. You wait. Are you getting this? The enemy does not mind you have all the doctrines and all the revelation. It doesn't mind you write all the books. He doesn't mind you build whatever you want to build. As long as he can compromise, amen, yes, your values. As long as he can pollute the water that you're going to be serving. As long as he can make sure that that wine, amen, is not properly brewed in accordance to the timing. As long as he can make, amen, the, the wine skin to be compromised. He's gotten you. He doesn't care about what comes out of it. You can reach the whole world and lose your soul what shall it profit a man the bible says to gain the whole world and lose your soul that's not the message you preach to unbelievers that's a current message that should be preached and should be taught in the body of christ that should be taught to leaders, to pastors to prophets, to apostles, to teachers you can do all of those things and God still says I don't know you that's my that's my greatest fear and that's a good fear if you don't have such a fear then <laughs> something is wrong let's finish empathy num- number five You must be open-minded. You must be willing to receive and take from other people. Alright? What are other people saying? What is God saying through other people? You must be open, open, open in your mindset. But also open to what the Spirit of God is saying. Alright? Open-mindedness speaks that you are not rigid. No, this is the way we've been doing it. You've got to understand the context of the season. So what is God doing now? What What is the temperature? understand of the spirit now what is the direction what are the instructions of the spirit now yes don't stand on the same thing you you stood on 20 years ago no there's a progression there's a change taking place nobody's saying compromise the value compromise the vision no the vision is still the same amen but the wine skin must be aligning to the season so in whatever season you find yourself amen you adapt you adapt and you continue to do what God will have you do I'm not going to speak much on that Of course, amen, you, you've you got to have vision This this is These two are connected Open-mindedness and vision Vision is not just about What you have received from the Lord Alright, that one is clear But this vision, amen, is the ability to maintain The vision, in other words What you are seeing daily What are you seeing daily Alright, if you focus on the wrong thing You'll be seeing the wrong thing but if you're focusing on the right thing, that right thing will be informing and be feeding the core vision. Now some people have a vision that God wants them to carry out, but they are not they are, they are not dressing that vision. They are not watering that vision. Alright? Their eyes are seeing the wrong thing. They are focusing on the wrong thing. So at the end of the day, they lose you know, the, the authority or the life or the power of the main vision. What God told you in the beginning, you've lost it. Because you are not finding that thing, you're not feeding that thing daily. Alright. The seventh one, courage. You see, Caleb was a very courageous man. I'm just you know mentioning this and just explaining, but it's a whole note here. Alright. Courage. You must have courage. I'm able, I can do it. I'm not beaten, defeated by time i can i can take that thing i'm able to do it because god had invested something in me all right and of course the eighth one is discipline you can see that i mean if somebody can wait for 45 years there's nothing greater in terms of expression of discipline than that that's discipline not too many people have such discipline to hold on to a promise to hold on amen to something you understand you've got to have discipline we've done a lot of you know study on this point particularly when we're addressing the issue of discipline all right number nine humility you find humility amen in this concept number two ten you find influence you find influence and in fact i went as putting few others number 11 you find integrity we can continue but i'll stop here these are powerful points That allow us to identify what it means for Caleb to have a different spirit. As for my servant Caleb. Who has a different spirit and who serves me, who follows me wholeheartedly. Every part of Caleb's life was involved in the things that God desired. There's not one aspect that is doing his own thing somewhere. These are the concepts we need to know, we need to have, if we want to finish strong, if we want to carry out the intentions of God for our life. Now, I want to quickly go, you know, uh, go to the scripture, then I will finish because we've been talking about something, but I, I want, I felt the Lord says, go, put this in context of what you've been talking about. And you will will see it now Now I'm going to read Matthew 12 Matthew 12 And then we're going to take it from verse 41 The men of Nineveh Look at that The men of Nineveh Will stand at the judgment With this generation And condemn it Please note that The men of Nineveh Will stand at the judgment With this generation They're talking about a generation here The generation of certain believers Of certain Christians Of certain followers of Christ yes, And condemn it For they repented at the preaching Of Jonah And now one greater than Jonah Is here Verse 42 The queen of the south Will rise at the judgment With this generation And condemn it For she came from the ends Of the earth Not that she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And now one greater than Solomon is here. Now, look at this. We've been reading this scripture, right? When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it passes through an arid or a dry place seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will now return to the house I left. On his return, it finds the house vacant, swept clean, and put in order. And then it goes and bring <laughs> with it seven other spirits more wicked or more powerful than itself. And they go, listen to this, and they go and dwell there. Dwell where? And <laughs> um, listen, and the final Plight of that man is worse than the first. So will it be with this wicked generation? God is speaking to a generation here. My point is, in fact, I think I need to come back and really focus on that. Maybe do a session on that because, first of all, we see, all right, the context is the men of Nineveh, and then we see the queen of the south coming from the ends of the earth, all right, speaking to a generation. Are you getting the point? I want us to look at the bigger picture Because God is not just addressing In the midst of addressing The men of Nineveh The queen of the south You understand They then sandwich the issue of Let's go back there When an unclean spirit So this unclean spirit They are dealing with this unclean spirit From the context of a generational thing From the context of a governmental thing from the context, amen, of occupation, and I, I don't know if anybody will, you know, understand what I'm saying. This is not just about some little demon in a person. We're dealing with territory here. We're dealing with, amen, a global issue, cross continent, you know, a thing here. You know, we're dealing with the continent here. We're dealing with the queen of the south coming from the ends of the earth and we're dealing with the men of Nineveh in the midst of this discussion, Jesus then chipped in. It's like, he's not done with what he's talking about. And then, to, to finish that you know, thought, he said, when an unclean spirit comes out, and I remember saying to us, in fact, I think I need to come back and really do, I, I, I do justice to this. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it passes through a dry place. So, it's the same thing that the Lord is saying to us, but in two different expression. It's a paradox. And I remember saying that, yes, in time past we've had a church, we've had a philosophy of a church that are focused basically on verse, you know, for, you know, forty-three, casting out, you know, unclean spirit, casting out devil, but not in the context, amen, of a governmental, you know, authority of divine occupation. Of advancing the intentions of God, and that's good to some level. But now the Lord is adding, Amen, layers into this concept of truth. That yes, we, when we cast out devils, when we cast out demon, we don't leave the place, Amen, garnished and clean, unoccupied, because the demon, the spirit, can come back to see. We say spirit, Amen, a disembodied personality. By the way, let me quickly say this. When they speak about Nineveh and they speak about the Queen of the South, they're also speaking to us, amen, about the rulers, if you will, the authorities that governs those realms. And that connects to, amen, how? The Bible says when Jonah was sent there, they repented. So basically, there was an exchange. A spirit was, was cast out of the nation of Nineveh. And that spirit could operate, amen, in various dimensions of you know of the affairs of the people of Nineveh. The thing is, there was a greater influence, and you cannot influence, amen, a place, a person, without occupying that that, that person, that you know, place with, amen, the right truth, with the right information, with the right sense of values, with the right sense of culture. What is going on today we're seeing in the world Is the culture of, of is a battle of culture Our idea of Christianity Is kept and pegged To the church To the four walls of a building It's like our authority cannot Influence the men of Nileve We can not go into The world, hallelujah And impact and influence And transform The dominant culture so the only time we are happy that we are doing something is when people come to our church the impact of a church is not in the four walls of its building it's within the culture it's within the you know the the region the men of Nineveh the land of Nineveh change because somebody brought the gospel of the kingdom how do we preach the gospel of the kingdom today i think these are something we need to look at let me let me round up here friends but this is a good place to stop i think let's just leave it hanging there all right but because we've dealt with some very important thing i just thought i needed to chip in that concept of the men of nineveh and the queen of the south these are influence back then men all right carry great influence when they talk about the men of nineveh they're talking about the leaders The men at the gates of Nineveh and Nineveh back in the day was the most civilized nation and that's one of the reasons why Noah uh, excuse me uh, uh, Jonah didn't want to go because he knew how wicked they are he knew how haughty those people are they go there hallelujah the Queen of the South came to listen to the wisdom of Solomon yet the Bible says one greater than Solomon is here, one greater than, hallelujah, the prophet is here friends, God is engaging us, and the more we look into this thing, we see how deep this assignment is, and we recognize that we need the values of Caleb in order to finish this thing, thank you so very much everyone for joining this morning, really appreciated. appreciate it, I appreciate your time, I know there's so much we have said, there's so much we have declared this morning And I believe that God will help us to continue to advance in the light of this truth. Can you see how God is really building this work? It's growing daily. We need a vision. We need sight to see, to understand, to walk in in the full capacity of what is required of us in this season. The order is changing. The template is changing. The wine skin has changed. Let's change. God bless you. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.